Hello, and welcome to Bibliophiles, a podcast where you get to sit in on conversations about books and reading with the ultimate book lovers, librarians. In each episode, we'll explore a theme and tell you what we're excited about reading right now. We hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Bibliophiles. Uh, My name is Megan Parker. I'm standing in as host today. Um, Jen Webb is out. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about graphic novels. Uh, we'll be talking about which kind of graphic novel readers we are, um, and also where to start if you're not a graphic novel reader. Um, and then, of course, we'll explore all the different types of graphic novel, because there are many of them. It's a format, not a genre, as we like to explain. Uh, so why don't we go around and introduce ourselves. Um, like I said, I'm Megan. I'm the programming librarian. Um, and the first graphic novel I ever read was Mouse. So started at the top. (laughs) I'm Eunice, and I work in the children's room as a library technician. Um, The first, I guess, comics that I read, because I started with comics, was Calvin and Hobbes. I remember reading that when I was little, growing up. I'm Jen Forget. I'm the teen services librarian, and the first graphic novel I remember reading, well, comics really, were, were Disney comics. My name is Matt Schumann, I'm a library associate, and um, the first comic I remember reading, probably inappropriate due to its violent content, because my cousin had lots of Marvel comics, but was um, the Maximum Carnage um, series of Spider-Man. It's pretty intense. My name is Janice Franca, I work in Bibliographic Services, and that's an easy one. Waiting for my parents in the store, we went right over to the comic book rack, Archie. Mm-hmm. First comic. I'm Kate Levin and I work in tech and my first comic also was Archie which I find kind of hilarious because I went directly from Archie right to like Dark Knight Returns and, and Watchmen so <laughs> there was no middle ground. <laughs> so obviously there's kind of a range of people and their experience with graphic novels at the table. Um, for example, I really don't read graphic novels. Um, I, you will. <laughs> Maybe I will. I've enjoyed every graphic novel I've read. It's just not something that I think to go to when I'm looking for something to read. So how often do you guys read them? What sort of draws you to that format? I definitely read by titles. So if I find a title that's or a concept or a story that's really interesting, I read them. But I definitely don't seek out graphic novels to read. That would not be my like go-to read. Yeah, sure. I'd agree with that too. Um, I I will pick it up if it has a pretty cover. Yeah. Um, I was just talking with Eunice before we started recording about a graphic novel called The Undertaking of Lily Chen, which has a very striking cover. It has um, kind of these watercolor uh, pinks and deep blues, and it looks on the surface like just some silhouettes of the characters, but when you look uh, at the whole picture, you see that in the sky um, that clouds have formed what looks like a skull hanging over them. So it's this very ominous and powerful image, and that that got me to pick up the book. But it wasn't something that I think I had read any reviews of. It was just kind of a picked it up on a whim. Uh, Like I was saying, one of the great things I think about graphics is that, you know, since they are visual, there are things that, you know, you can have just in a couple, you know, lines that just can express so much emotion. Um, and you know so much 
I've always impressed with graphics too, especially you know coming from even though not just this kids format. There's so much nuance and storytelling that you can do, um, especially like the some of the new uh, some of the new Marvel stuff is just the way that they even color things is just it's beautiful. It's art and a story. Yeah, and like as a librarian and a book lover, I am very very drawn to text, so I tend to pick graphic novels that are very text heavy. Because there are times when I read a graphic novel and I feel like the picture isn't enough for me, the way that I take in information, and I, I'm always left wanting more. Like, I'm, I'm good with long series because I feel like I get the whole story, but sometimes, I don't know, I just, I, I want more story in text or, or I, I want to know exactly what the author intended when they created the art instead of, you know, what's my interpretation. So I think as a reader, I, I want to be more sure and I don't want, I don't want to think that my interpretation is coloring it a certain way. One of the things I find really fascinating too about graphics is that in most cases, the artist and the illustrator aren't the same person. Mm -hmm. um, and there has to be this really, you know, back and forth conversation, uh, depending on how successful they are as an author or as an artist, how much of it is the conversation, or, you know, if you're working for one of the big names. I went to Comic-Con at the library, went to uh, Boston Comic-Con once, and it was amazing. I learned things. Um, but just all of these, you know, there, there's a back and forth between the story that the author wants to tell, and then the story that the artist is given, that there was... Mm -hmm. Uh, one author he was work he was presenting at the same time as the artist and it was a drawing um, uh, the first number one for the the reboot of the Batman comic the the new fifty two mm -hmm. and he said he was one page said it an elevator shaft and like the uh, the author had been like okay it's going to be a black panel done and instead what the artist created was like all of these gears all of them shaded in different tones of gray with the cabling running through and the shadow of batman and like he could have just gone with black you know he black panel and he told this whole story that that was the artist's interpretation of the story that the author of the words had no input on and it was it's it's amazing that some of the comics they're like a conversation between artist and illustrator mm. I could have all no words, and in fact, I read a lot of comics in other languages, uh, languages I don't speak. Interesting. Um, I like I speak some French and I read some French, so I'm teaching myself French by reading asterisks. Mm, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's um, smart. But I've, every place I've traveled, I've picked up comics and graphics, and I don't speak Czech, but I have some great Czech graphic <laughs> novels. Nice. They have cats. <laughs> cats, the universal cats. language. Yeah. <laughs> so for somebody who doesn't read graphic novels, except for when they like are really you know popular or well-reviewed, like I mean, the number of graphic novels I've read are basically every graphic novel that your mom has heard of. Like, <laughs> I've read Mouse, I read Persepolis, I read... Watchmen. Watchmen. I own Fun Home, but haven't read it yet. <laughs> you know, you know like... Um, where, like, how would you, uh, like, get a non-reader interested in that format? Like, are there titles that you would recommend? Are there, what are some good ones that are entry kind of points for people? Any suggestions? <laughs> you know, mostly what I read is older. Um, of not so much the kids' ones, your YA. 
stuff because that's what was in mostly in the bookstores that you could find was a lot of the Japanese manga. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's what most people started reading. But when you were saying cats, I was thinking of warriors because if they like the Erin Hunter books, there's the graphic novel series on those, which I know Children's Room has, and they go out a lot, mm-hmm. so they're popular. But I don't know so much the younger kids ones. I that the Erin Hunter series, the, the warriors... That's pretty like middle grade and young adult. Mm-hmm. And any any of the kids who love the for teens listening to this, um, I think that you know, the Aaron Hunter series would be good. There's the Maximum Ride ones. There's mm-hmm. um, the Angel graphic novel. There are a bunch of Rick Riordan books yeah. that were turned into graphic novels as well that a lot of people are reading now. We could probably do a whole show just about novel, text novel to graphic no. novel ab- yeah. adaptations. That, I have to say, is like a phenomenon that really confused me when I first realized it was happening because I think I also like am drawn to, I mean, I, I am definitely drawn to text, like large chunks of it. And so I was like, why would you get another version of it when you can just read it? <laughs> and then people sort of explained to me that it's like, you know, sometimes it's much easier for people to absorb the information that way. And I was like, oh. But it's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. Like, I, how do you translate it? I mean, we, we could yeah. have a whole lot I've of read stuff, a couple, but. like, books, like, adult adult stuff that was then turned into graphics, and it it's widely variable. Um, like, the Outlander series, I read the Anita Blake graphic novels wow. after having read the series. I, I, I don't recommend this series now. <laughs> um, the first several books were good, but the graphic novel was, like, I was like, wow, this is everything I hate about, like, Hmm. tropes. It was really... Mm. The violence didn't get, get to me so much as like the weird... That's like if they turn Game of Thrones into a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Which we, we have. Wait, yeah. Game of Thrones is a graphic novel? Yeah. Yes. We've been getting them as Oh a my novel. gosh. So maybe this is a great <laughs> way she asked, well, there's a great place to start. There you go. Yeah, I already love Game of Thrones. Can I handle seeing it in graphic novels? How form? far are they on, on Game of Thrones? Did they get through... Like, uh, did they do one yes. graphic novel volume <coughs> per book? I don't that know if it's gigantic, yeah. but it's, 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 they're only, I don't know, maybe 200 pages each. Wow. Um, but again, that's, that's the thing, you, know, you can convey so much in an image. Just must, think of those dinner scenes. He spends like eight pages describing food, you can just have one panel <laughs> yeah. or a table. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Describing the clothing, just draw it. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. And then, you, like you were saying, like, with the difference... That was a different thing, kind of, but the, the elevator, the interpretations, I mean, that becomes its own art yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you could take his description and maybe trump it because it would be the stunning visual thing. Yeah, I mean, I think of, you know, when you adapt something into a visual thing like a show or mm-hmm. a TV show, there's often things that are much more striking visually than in print, so the same would apply, I guess. I feel like in starting reading, it's like, just like with uh, classical American books or whatever, like like you were saying, Persepolis or Mouse, I haven't actually read them, but that's probably a good way to start. But I, I feel like Watchmen is, even though it is a classic, is not a good place to start because it's yeah, it, it's weird that it worked for me. But I I when I started reading graphics, I was staying with my uncle who was. Um, they put the down payment on their house with him st- selling a tiny stack of his comics. Wow. Um, so he had some good stuff for me to read. <laughs> um, 
So, like, I went straight, like, I binged through Watchmen, um, as many of the Batmans as I could, some of the Supermans, like, I, I read all, 12 years old, I read all the dark stuff. Um, <laughs> and it was fantastic. It was not probably a good starting point for most readers, for most people who would be interested in graphics, I would say, you know, what you like in a print book, you're still going to, that's going to be what you want in a comic a, or something graphic, that if you don't like fantasy, you're probably not going to want to dive straight into fantasy. And if you like literary stuff, there's a whole brilliant market of, like, really great um, mm-hmm. graphics where there's no, you know, no capes, no tights. <laughs> that is also um, Robin Brenner's blog yeah. on comics, no capes, no tights. No flying, no tights. No, no flying, flying, no tights. Type. Yeah, check out that website. And I've read one I might recommend to you because it's Ooh. it's delightful. It's called um, it's translated from French. It's pretty minimal words. It's called Exquisite Corpse. Oh, we have it. I know. Right. It was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, the premise is that he was the guy that uh, young woman. Her life is kind of going nowhere. She. Her job is that she just sort of is the pretty girl who stands by cars or other things at trade shows. Um, and I forget exactly how, but she comes to meet this guy who's basically a recluse in his apartment because he's a best-selling author, and in order to keep selling his books, they just, he and his agent just pretend that he's dead. And every once in a while, they find you know, another classic you know, that he wrote before his untimely demise. And so she gets to be friends with him, and it goes in directions that you don't really imagine it going in, but just there's all of these lovely panels of like they're interacting and you can like when you watch the eyes in the comics of who's looking at who as different people are you know interacting it's it's minimal words but it's just so well done with a very minimal art style that sounds really neat and it's short also good. which is another thing that can I like sometimes in graphics that I tend to read them at work I bike to work and I don't tend to want to bring them all the way home and it's going to take me an hour to read them yeah but it can be a great kind of time out mm-hmm. between big, weighty Game of Thrones novels. That's what I think, too. Like, it's just like a quick little story that you can do in between a larger one. Nice bite size. And there's also like the tremendous series, too. Once you kind of, I wouldn't recommend for graphics readers starting off with one of the big series. Like, it, it worked for me, but I'm not normal. Right after that, I went, I think I made it to college without reading Sandman. Sandman's another really great one to start. Like, if you like fantasy, mm-hmm. um, all of Neil Gaiman's stuff is great, but um, the Sandman series is it's 10 volumes? 12 volumes? It's long. It's long, yeah. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> Those giant ones that we have. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> they have them compiled, the and like, you can like really hurt somebody <laughs> like you just lift in that book. It's like the additions of the... Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. I got the the season eight, and the the books are just gigantic. Like they've got to be like thirty inches tall, and they they must weigh at least five pounds each. And there's wow. four volumes. They're huge, absolutely huge. But you know that's really trying to take a television show and take all of that visual mm-hmm. and translate it into a book. I thought they did a really good job with that. And then, of course, they were able to do things in graphic novels that they were would never have had the budget to yeah. do yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on film. So that was kind of fun. 
I, that was just making me think in the vice versa way, and I forget if this was a question that we were going to say, but is there a book that you'd like to see in mm -hmm. graphic novel form? Because I was thinking personally of Eileen by Otessa, or what was that? I forget. Oh my gosh. I know which one you're talking about. I did not like that book. Yeah. But she, talked, she thought it, talked about her bowels, like most of the book. <laughs> I don't know how that would translate in graphic, and I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I, I, when I was reading it, I saw it, like, instead of, like, sometimes when I read, I will see it, like, you know, movie style yeah. in my head. But that, I, I don't know why, I don't know if it's, like, the cover was influenced me, because it looks like a graphic novel on the cover. But I felt like it would be, besides all the novels, <laughs> stuff like a good book. I mean, uh, graphic novel. I think Station Eleven that might be, be a really good graphic novel. Um, and Cuddy, especially because there is actually a character in that book who's writing a graphic novel. Oh. Um, I would love to see the graphic <laughs> novel that the character's writing. I would actually really like to see that. Emily St. John Mandel, please. <laughs> um, that would be neat. I would really love to see, I had to check the author's name so I can promote it because it's brilliant, uh, Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison. The premise of it is that there's, you know, there's four seasons on, it's not Earth, but it's something like Earth, and then Fifth Season is Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. the apocalypse happens on a semi-regular basis, and there's this whole magic kind of system where people can reach into the Earth and, like, cause or prevent earthquakes, and... There's like these floating crystal obelisks, and there's people that are made out of stone, and it's this really great book, and I think it would make an amazing TV series or graphics because it, I'm just remembering reading the book now and waiting to read the second book, and like my mind is like, oh, that, yeah, that scene would look cool. It's a messed up book. It's really not happy, <laughs> but really good, but not cheerful. And I'm luckier than you because I like um, the Ben Aronovich series, The Rivers of London, and they started doing graphic novels on it. Ooh. But yeah. there's stories that are not in the books. Same characters, but not oh. Well, that's how Outlander does yeah. the, that, those ones. That's a neat idea. And is it it's still written by the original mm -hmm. author? Ooh. So I was surprised when I saw the graphic novel, but I could, still, could, could see it as a graphic novel, and I was wishing they might do a TV series after it. Can you read the novels without reading the graphic novels? So it's yeah. just supplementary, but it's not integral to the storyline. You can just do them totally separate. Oh, wow. Should we just kind of go around and recommend some graphic novels? Yes, you're going to have to cut me off because I can keep just talking and talking and talking. <laughs> okay. Um, does anyone other than Kate want to start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I brought one um, that I read last year called Honor Girl by Maggie Thrush. Um, this one I did pick up because it had been so well-reviewed, um, primarily by a lot of YA novelists. Um, it's a memoir of the author's um, year at summer camp, or summer at summer camp when she was 15 years old, and she unexpectedly falls in love with one of her female camp counselors. And, you know, she doesn't know that she's gay so it's surprising even to her that she's having these feelings. But the the graphic novel does such a good job of just helping you feel what the character is feeling, that she's she's confused and she feels kind of lonely. And, um, you know, the whole idea of being at this very 
traditional summer camp where they all wear uniforms and it's very it's just steeped in tradition her her grandmother and her mother went to the same summer camp and everything there has always been the same um and now she's experiencing these feelings that she can't really explain and it's just a beautiful kind of romantic love story and it's it's very sparsely illustrated but the story is so powerful that i you know i didn't notice anything lacking in the in the illustrations and like i said earlier i i like text so there are are some areas where there are like blocks of text um especially when it it jumps in time um so it starts out um a couple summers later i think she's 17 or 18 and then the bulk of the story is told kind of in flashback um so when you're making those changes there's a lot more text but it's a really beautiful story and um it's called honor girl so i do have two graphic novels that i've read and enjoyed that aren't the classics um one i read this year called through the woods stories by emily carroll and it's five horror stories like short stories in graphic novel form and it worked really well for horror um because you know a lot is conveyed by a shadow creeping under a door um it was beautifully illustrated it's i think almost it i think it's i think almost all the stories are just um illustrated using black white and red um so it's very simple it actually kind of looks like woodblock prints oh, cool. sometimes um it's beautiful it's creepy It's also super short. Like I finished it in like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It's really good though. Um I hope she comes out with more and I hope she does something in like a longer format. Um and then another one that I read a long time ago um is called Facts from Sarajevo, Facts as in the old-fashioned technology which we do not have at the library. <laughs> <laughs> we do not have a fax machine. Let me just repeat that. Um uh and it's a non-fiction memoir um or it's a non-fiction about living in Sarajevo during the siege and it's really fascinating um you know first person account of what it was like to be there and i think in that situation i thought the graphic format was really helpful because you got to see you got to see the destruction as it like went on as the siege went on um which for a brief period in my youth i was like really obsessed with the siege of sarajevo um i was a very specific yeah i was really weird um so i read a lot of stuff about it but seeing like watching the same building like deteriorate over time was really striking in the novel um or like you know watching you would like be in the perspective of a person trying to like run across sniper alley um so that kind of thing was really impactful and I thought it suited the story really well. Um that was by Joe Kubert. Um that was published in 1996, so it's pretty old, but um it was really good. So highly recommended. I guess I like basically only read non-fiction graphic novels. I just realized that. <laughs> Except for that horror short story one. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Anyone else have something they'd like to recommend before we yeah, let Kate yeah. unleash? Okay. Well, <laughs> my first thought was a couple of teen ones. I really liked them and they were by the same author actually. Death Note and then he moved on to Bakuman which mm-hmm. was kind of an interesting contrast, the dark one and the more lighter one. Especially the Bakuman because if you want to know about what it's like to be among artists, how to go about being one in Japan, 
that's what this series is about. Hmm. Two kids in high school who decide that's their occupation, so they do everything in their power to get themselves up and running, get themselves noticed by the magazine, get themselves an editor, and get themselves published. So it, I forget how many volumes are in it, I think it's still going, but it was very, I'm sure that it's accurate, what you're seeing in there. So I just really liked his art style too, it's all sort of black and white line drawings, and it was sort of a contrast to the first one he did, which gets into more ethical issues, moral issues. Is it okay to kill someone because they're a bad person? <laughs> which is what that one was about. I don't read a lot of the superhero comics, you know, Batman. That's Superman, okay, I'll talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure why I read a lot of them when I was young, but I tend to go to more um, one-shots, maybe indie authors, things you're not going to find in the bookstores mm -hmm. as much. Um, oh, Rohan at the Louvre. It's a series by uh, the publisher MBM, and all the stories focus on the Louvre in Paris. Oh. Different artists, totally different stories, but they all have that in common. That's really neat. How about you, Mary? Anyone else? You could do the superior I love too. Death Note so much. Um, and in a similar fashion um, with the ethical issues is um, M.W. by Osamu Tezuka, except it's a little more like, it's not as complex ethically, um, but they uses that because there's a, it's basically just like villain worship and how much, it's more like a mystery novel, I think. And, and, um, you're following a villain to see how much he can get away with, but he um, implicates like a priest in his crimes, um, is like a serial killer, and the, it, it's suspenseful the whole time. You don't, you up until the end, you don't know if he's going to get away with it. Partly because he is, um, he his his. The way he looks, well, he'll, he'll dress up as the women that he kills. Um, it's definitely not for kids. It's very graphic. Um, but uh, he will then, like, escaping, oh, ransom money from the families of the women that he uh, kills. And he will dress up as them and go around kind of terrorizing Japan. And the there's a detective kind of in a similar way that Death Note is, that's like figured it all out and these two people, like the villain and the detective are like working together um, to get, to figure out who the killer is. Um, it's really good. It's The art's really nice too. Thank you. All right, Kate, the shackles are off. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to explode with probably mostly mainstream stuff, but also some weird things. Especially for if you like some of the stuff that's on TV now, I have rather specific recommendations. So if you're a fan of Once Upon a Time, um, I would really highly recommend the Fable series. I think I kind of got a little bit weaker toward the end, but the, the whole premise is that basically all of the magical kingdoms, kind of like Once Upon a Time, are their own little world, and they're in exile in Manhattan right now. Uh, so they have day jobs, um, and the ones who are monsters have to live out at the farm. Um, we have a ro romance, this isn't spoilery much, uh, between, uh, is it, was it Snow White or Little Red Riding Hood? I forget. I want to say Snow White, but I'm not sure either. It's been a while. And, and The Big Bad Wolf. Um, so it's a combination of different stories. Um, people aren't always who you think you are from the fairy tale, which I thought was just fantastic. Mm -hmm. it, it's 
probably more adult than young adult because it gets into some pretty serious violence. And you, when you find out who they, the big bad is for the first story arc, mind-blowing. I didn't see it coming. I'm not going to blurt it out. You have to read it. Um, for There was a briefly lived TV show called Constantine about John Constantine. There was also a interesting Keanu Reeves movie by the same title. <laughs> um, for anybody who sort of found that idea interesting or liked any element of, like, he's kind of a wizard. Um, but he, when uh, John Constantine was young, he committed suicide and came back. So as a result, the devil owns his soul. And if he dies, he's going to hell. And the devil shows up regularly to basically make sure he knows that. Mm-hmm. And he's dying from lung cancer because he's a smoker. <laughs> Uh, so the best in that um, series arc is Hellblazer, and they sort of did some of the stuff on the Constantine TV show, and when I watched it, having not read that graphic novel at that, that point, I was like, oh, that's dark. And my partner put the graphic novel in my hand, he was like, no, you haven't seen anything. It's, <laughs> it deals with big, bigger issues and with the things that you can do in a picture that you can't really easily do in special effects. Oh my. That was for mature readers only. Um, on a lighter note, <laughs> for all all people, and especially those of you who are still left with the bitter, awful taste of the Batman versus Superman movie, mm. I highly recommend the first, It's there's, there's still only one bound volume out, all-star Superman, that are basically, they're great stories of Superman being what you like about Superman. Not murdering people, um, not fighting other superheroes, being a really good guy. Um, They're good stories, they're young adult, maybe even kid-friendly, there's no no content that you're going to go, oh, but they're just, they make you happy. When you look at the art, it's beautiful. When you put the book down, you feel good, which honestly you need sometimes. On a crazy note, I can just keep going. Um, (laughs) My weirdest one is, um, and this one was actually recommended both by my partner and uh, Jen Webb, who's not here today, is Next Wave, Agents of Hate. (laughs) It is the weirdest people in the Marvel character universe. There's, it's just so out there that my, the scene that I've had as my Facebook avatar every once in a while is like the robot character who's, you know, he looks like a person. Uh, they got bombed by brain-eating robot koalas. <laughs> and so there's just like this koala latched to his head. He's just like, bring it! Eat my robot brains! Um, if you want some, you don't have to know anything about really any of the Marvel character universe. Like, they reference Cap America um, because one of the characters briefly, like, knew him. It's so completely weird and out there that if you read it and don't get it, you're not missing anything. It's just weird, but it's brilliant in its weirdness. There's, It's so weird. Um, <laughs> in such a good way. And there's only, like, two or three volumes. I think we also have to do a whole podcast dedicated to crazy, weird stories. Because we have a whole list yeah. of those. <laughs> So one of the last normal ones I'm going to recommend before we run out of time and like the, the hope drags me off stage is another kind of classic, very good for mainstream, uh, which is Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. And 
it's a pretty simple premise, and I think what makes it so great is the execution, because it goes on like 10 volumes, that the whole premise is that one day all of men and male species, all of them are dead. And we are left with one guy and his pet monkey, um, and he's trying to get back to his girlfriend, and basically society, uh, she's across the ocean, and he's in New York, and how society shuts down and how society adapts. That's one of the things, I'm not going to spoil the end, um, that's one of the things I thought was just great about it is that society marches on as people find a way. And they, it's not so much about trying to figure out, you know, why is he the last man, like the title, um, but him also dealing with the status of, you know, there's nothing really special about him. There was, you know, he wasn't bit by the magic spider or something. It's just things, things life finds a way. Um, and it's really, really great series. It's well, well drawn, and you really care about even the bit characters. Can I ask a question? Yeah, I'm just curious. So, does everybody else die or just disappear? Oh, they're dead. They're dead. They're okay. dead. Dead. Okay. I wasn't sure if this was like a you know magical. They all are gone. Did they get abducted by aliens? I think they're just they they're die. dead. Huh? Even if like you have a dog that's a yeah. dude. Yeah. Gone. Oh. I get the message. <laughs> this is fascinating. Yeah, it, is there like discussion of whether or not he will try to repopulate the earth? Yes. <laughs> it's pra- it's for a fantasy thing that that's one of the things I like I like in fantasy as somebody who's just going off about, you know, how much I like the Superman flying into the sun type things. Like I like those fantasy and science fiction novels that deal with like the oh, what would actually happen if? Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, that that's kind of one of the things that everybody want. Everybody wants to get him because yeah, that's really how. Otherwise, we're gonna die out. Like, yeah, a as a species, and it can. And we'll all be related. It'll be gross. And they deal with that in that. It's this is interesting. It's, okay, I would read this. That it, it's weirdly practical. <laughs> now I, I'm intrigued. I think I will read this series. I remember shelving them when I worked as a shelver. <laughs> all the way at the end. <laughs> Well, thank you. Those are very good recommendations, Kate. I can come up with more. (laughs) (laughs) We can do graphic novels part two. I think we should do manga part two. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I I took a class in college on graphic manga and anime, so I can really do this for like the next hour. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're looking for recommendations, Kate is a great person to talk to, as is Janice. So please stop in and talk to them. You can try to talk to me, but I'm just going to tell you to read Mouse. <laughs> I should really read Mouse. You guys should all read it. It's read actually it. really good. It's not one of those things that just everybody celebrates and then it's, like, disappointing. It's quite good. For those of you who don't know what Mouse is, I guess we've been referencing a lot, it's this, like, seminal book by Art Spiegelman. It's about his parents' experience in, in the Holocaust. And um, the Jews are portrayed as mice and then the Nazis are cats, and then the Americans are dogs. Um, And so just by using animals, it both kind of gives you a little bit of a remove and also has a lot of powerful imagery and, you know, symbolism of the cat and mouse and whatnot. It's beautiful. It's sad. It's really well done. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Our adult graphic section is on the top floor now. You may not know that. That's That's a good one. Thank you, Kate. I went to the wrong place looking for graphic novels before I came to this meeting, and I worked there. Yeah, so never feel bad about asking for direction. All right. Well, thank you. Don't worry, Jen Webb will be back soon, and you'll have a good person doing the intros <laughs> and outros. 
We apologize for the quality of these. <laughs> or I do, at least. <laughs> you did a good job. Thank you. Good job, Megan. All right. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye, podcast. Bibliophiles is a production of Cary Memorial Library in Lexington, Massachusetts. Matt Schumann engineered the podcast and created our theme music. Do you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes? Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash library or on Twitter and Instagram at Library. That's C-A-R-Y-M-E-M library. For show notes and to find out more about us, visit us at carrylibrary.org.